There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And he knows everything. Hi friends, it is so, so good to be with you again. And I hope that you are having a good bank holiday weekend. Um, uh, my guess is that for some of us, maybe a number of us, that we're kind of looking towards this evening. Uh, that may not be actually for the in-person gathering, though that will be very good, but actually for something that's going to happen on BBC One at 9pm, which is the final episode of season six of Line of Duty. And I wonder if you are into uh, Line of Duty, whether you know who H is. Maybe that's all going to become clear this evening. Or maybe by 10 p.m. we'll be throwing things at our TVs, frustrated, thinking, what on earth are we left with? But uh, if you're a Line of Duty fan, I, I hope you enjoy it. As you can probably tell, I am a little bit of a fan um, and looking forward to, hopefully, the end of what's been a, a long journey with Line of Duty. But in it, it is also brilliant in this moment to gather here now, whether it's live or whether it's on demand in the moment that you watch it. I, I love the fact that we can still stay connected. And to be honest, within a bank holiday kind of weekend and you kind of wake up and you see the sun out and I, I thought, man, it is good that we can still be together. Uh, and uh, I so value this fact that we can be. And I miss seeing everyone's faces, but I love being able to still stay connected. And it's so good just seeing people pop up on the chat. And do always feel free to jump up. Just simply just say hello, because it just does your heart good to see all those different hellos of who's around. Um, also, if you want to stick on the chat who you think H is in Line of Duty, please feel free, because I'd love to kind of see what the different conspiracy theories are out there. But I also want to say like a massive thank you to Becca for reading the scriptures today as uh, it's just is amazing job in reading and uh, it allows us to kind of look again uh, at this series we're in, in the way of the cross. Uh, and the way of the cross is all packaged within these scriptures of firstly, like the John 15 and Luke 9 of this amazing moment of us realizing that through Jesus' death and resurrection, he has, out of love for you and I, offered all in order that you and I can gain all. And that having caused us to gain all, he then in Luke 9 like says, now come and be followers of me. Out of everything you've gained by offering all. 
And what we've said is we want to be those, therefore, that live in the way of the cross. And to do that, we've seen week on week that that's a, a daily invitation. A daily invitation to respond to Jesus' call to be followers of him and to understand all we've gained and then seek to be those who pick up our cross in offering all of who we are. And what we've said is to enable us to respond to this daily invitation, we're going to kind of use three words that are very familiar to us as a church. And that is that we're going to daily seek to pause, to pause from the realities of our lives in order to respond and hear afresh that invitation of Jesus, to remember all that we've gained in order that we can offer all. And therefore, having paused that we be those that center, center on the wonder that Jesus comes to cause us daily to remember that he is with us. And that being with us means that he comes and provides us life and life in full. And having centered and received the fresh of that life, it then causes us to then what? To continue. To be those who continue by having received all from Jesus then say we want to offer all of who we are. Not out of a sense of duty, but out of a deep sense of love, that as we have been loved, so we too will love. And so if you're around last week, you'll know that we start off by looking at how we're those that are going to offer all in glory of God. And today, and actually in two weeks' time, Alice is going to pick up the baton at that point, but we're going to look at how we then also seek to be those that offer all for others. See, not surprisingly, in us following Jesus, in us being those who understand everything that we've gained in order to offer all, that the ways we offer all are about simply loving God and loving people. And today, in terms of that offering all for others, offering all in love for others, I want us to look at what John encourages us to do through that reading that Becca read out in 1 John 3, uh, verses 16 to 20, where he calls us that out of Jesus' love for us, out of Jesus offering all in all that we can gain all, that we in turn love and offer all to others, which are the church, the church within. You see, John wants us to understand like who we are together, that we aren't like any old bunch of people. You see, I think this last 12 months has kind of caused us to realize afresh just the wonder and the beauty and the privilege of who we are together. Who we are together as the church, you see, it's brilliant, like, even now I'm here at South Street, and South Street has become this, like, physical home that we can gather to, but over the last year, we've not been able to gather here. And it kind of causes you to realize that, like, we're not defined by a building. Like, I remember a neighbor of mine coming to me in the first lockdown and, like, saying, like, are you on furlough? Like, they know what I do. They know that I lead a church. And they said, like, I know all the churches are closed, and so are you on furlough? And then I had the privilege of just chatting them to them for a few, few minutes, of just sharing, like, actually, the church isn't closed. Yeah, we're not using the building, but the church is never about the building. It's always about the people. And then actually what it's forced us to do is, like, to get to grips with, like, how do we then 
be who we're meant to be together as the people, like in this moment. And caused us to find those points of connection, to find those ways of staying together and gathered. And we've done that, haven't we? And yes, we look forward to those moments as they come over the coming weeks and months where we can start to gather physically together. I wonder if we're not to forget what we've discovered of who we are, the beauty of who we are together. Not defined by a building. Not even defined by some of the things we love doing in the building. There's something far greater, far deeper. Something that John points to in John 3, 6, 3, 1 John 3.16 where he says that we are family. He says we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. See, there are many pictures of, that the Bible gives of the wonder of who we are together as the church. But the one that John is like supremely like bowled over by, something that you find in his accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection in his gospel, the good news of Jesus is this amazing reality of the love that he knew in Jesus and what Jesus has then caught us up in. Not simply in a movement, not simply following an individual, but into a family. Like John says, like, we're, who are we together? Are we like brothers and sisters? Why? Because we are a family together. Like, not any old family, like God's family. Like, I recognize that for some of us, that word family feels loaded. Like, for us, it feels like, man... Family is something that I've just tried to forget because of the damage it's done to my life. And yet God is one who longs to restore, who longs to bring hope as his heart was always that we be built into family, his family. Because he wanted us to see the beauty and goodness of it. You see, God's family is like no other. You see, how we find ourselves in the family is through Jesus. That's what John wants us to understand. It's out of what Jesus did in love for us, in giving everything, is in order that he could bring us into the family that have always existed, a father, son, and spirit. And that we would be those that would be brought into that family. So you find that Jesus, on the moment that he's resurrected, like sends a message to his followers through Mary and says, like, now my father is your father. We're family. You're in the family. And it's not only that Jesus brings us in, it's also that Jesus sustains us. Jesus is the one who's wanting us to, to know more and more the wonder of this family, the goodness of this family, the ability to be this family to one another. Because this family is like no other. You see, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but like when you talk about different families, they tend to be known for some sort of trait. I don't know, maybe they're the punctual family. Like I remember a friend of ours like saying that our family is like the C family because whenever we go on holiday, we just spend like hours and hours in the sea. We kind of think it's quite normal for our kids to spend six to eight hours in the sea. And when uh, we'd speak to others, they'd be like, like that isn't very normal. I don't know about you, whether it's the household you're in, maybe it's like, is the family connected? Like, there's traits of it. Maybe some traits you're trying to, like, forget. Others that you think, I think this is quite good. John wants us to see that this family 
that we're now part of, of God has one supreme trait, one supreme characteristic, and that's love. Like, how good is that? That this family is all about love, that love is what brings us into this family. Love is what sustains us in the family. Love is what we then get to express as the family. Because this is a family that we're called to enjoy. See, Jesus brings us into this family, sustains us into this family, causes us to understand this family is all about love in order that we could know the wonder of what it is to be part of this family and then to reveal that to others. See, this family means that we belong. Like in our world that can feel so isolating, like how good is it to be told we belong? Like to be part of this family means that we are forever loved and accepted, that we are invited to be known and to know others. That it's a family that's there in order that we can thrive. It's a family that's there that enables us to know that we are deeply connected. We're not disparate. We're not kind of occasionally turning up, kind of saying, hey, have you got a membership card as well that gives you some bonus points? No, no, we're deeply connected through love. And see, the privilege of that is that we get to know this family in order that we get to reveal it to the world around. You see, all of these statements of family are true universally through every expression of church throughout all the ages that are there to be outposts of this family we're now part of of God. That are then true for us locally here as Oasis. And that as such, that as we become these outposts of the family, it gives us this privilege of being those who get to reveal the family we're part of, the father that we have and the love that we know to the world around. And like there's these sobering scriptures, sobering prayers that Jesus prays in John 17 that's like, like as people look on our love for one another and how we're one, that they'll see that God is one and that God is love. And it's moments like that I think, Really? Like, we get to reveal who you are, God, in our frailty and our brokenness and our humanness. And that's what Jesus has defined and destined us to be, that who we are together is family. Like, how good is that? In a moment where it feels like we've been kind of broken, separated, Wherever you're sat, stood, lying down in this moment, you get to remember and hear afresh that you are part of the family, that we are family together. And it's out of that deep sense of family, that deep love that we've known, that deep love that we get to show to one another, we then get to offer all in love. It gets to the how now. Like, how do we be those that seek to offer all of who we are to others? Well, we do it out of love. And like, John's pretty practical. He's like, well, it means like, it doesn't mean you just simply go around saying, love you, love you, love you. No, it means that you do stuff as well for each other. And so he kind of like gives this example and says like, if you see someone who is in need and you can provide for that need, 
then how you show the love of family is you provide for them. So it means for us that we get to offer all towards one another in two ways, I'd say. I think, firstly, in moving towards. What do I mean by that? I mean, what I mean is that we get to move towards one another through seeing one another. Through seeing the situations that one another are living with and living in. Now, that, that's hard, isn't it? When you're living in a moment where you can't physically be present in a room together. Therefore, we have, therefore we have to be creative. Maybe it's sometimes like jumping on the chat and like saying, hey, how's everyone doing? And seeing if anyone responds. Or maybe it's like texting someone, calling them. Like, I know anyone under the age of 30 at this point saying, calling? Like, who does that, old man? But actually, it can be profoundly good to speak to people. Like sometimes it's just dropping round at someone's house and like ringing the doorbell, standing socially distancing, like, how are you doing? That we look to see. The second thing I think is then in moving towards, we look to feel that as we hear different individual situations, we're not kind of unmoved by them. But actually we feel what they're feeling. Why? Because we're family together. Therefore, if they're rejoicing, we're rejoicing. If they're suffering, we're standing with them in it. And that as we feel it, then causes us to do something about it. Maybe that we've got the resources ourselves to do something. Maybe it's like sharing it with others and saying, hey, can we together be part of the solution here? Because we are family. Right, so it's about moving towards. I'd also say it's about opening up. What do I mean by that? Well, I think it's about choosing to be those who open up by sharing. Actually, sometimes it's not waiting for someone to ask. It's like telling someone how things are. Like for me, I, I find that hard to do. I find it hard sometimes to admit that I'm vulnerable, admit that I'm weak, admit that I need someone's help. And yet, in those profound ways, I know that I'm part of a family of those moments where I drop a text, a WhatsApp, a phone call and say, I need help. And what I love is that it's never met with a, and? What do you want me to do about it? It's met with comfort. It's met with someone moving towards me. See, having shared, we need to be those who are willing to receive. Are willing to say, actually, as I've reached out to you, I'm willing to receive what you can give to me. Which means we have to be open to others. So I want to receive from you. So it's about being vulnerable, it's about sharing, it's about receiving. I'd say opening up, it's also about forgiving. Like, why do I say that? Well, because the reality is we're human and therefore we make mistakes. We do things that hurt one another. However, because of the kind of family you are, because we've got that characteristic of love, is that we are therefore those that are quick to say sorry and quick to forgive. Therefore, encourage us. Let's be those who are quick to forgive, not holding things against one another. Now, at this point, you'd be saying, well, okay, fine, yeah, I can see this. Yeah, we're family. We've got to live this way. Oh, man, this is another thing on the list that I've got to do. And that's not what this is about. I've got to remember, this is 
a family that we're brought into by Jesus, sustained by Jesus. Therefore, there is provision. We need to be those who are daily coming to Jesus and saying, would you give me everything I need to reveal everything of what I'm part of as your family? And Jesus longs to give us the Holy Spirit, to give us the Holy Spirit to provide for others, to be that listening ear, to have the wisdom to speak into, to speak out to others. He also wants to provide us with that deep sense of love, that it isn't that we're kind of thinking, oh, I better do this. Oh, no, I better text that person. No, no, it's out of that deep sense of coming and saying, Jesus, I receive afresh of your love for me in order that I can now show that love to others. See, once again, we get to this daily invitation. A daily invitation to take up our cross. An invitation to pause and to center. To center on the life that we have gained that is Jesus. And in gaining all, we then get to offer all. Offer all for others. Our family. Our brothers and sisters. What I want us to do now is we're just going to turn back to worship, a way of just saying uh, through voice, uh, allowing our hearts to sing as we gaze again at the wonder of who Jesus is. And after we've done that, we're then going to return. I'm just going to lead us through communion as we get to remember and celebrate in the gift of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection for you and for me. Paul writes this to the Corinthians. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You see, the wonder and the beauty of this profound and simple meal of bread and juice is just phenomenal. That in it we remember the gift that Jesus is to you, that Jesus is to me. See, as we take the bread now and break it, we remember that Jesus was broken in order that you and I could be made whole. We all come in the same need. We all come receiving the same provision, Jesus. And then I think there's this profound moment that as we receive that wholeness through his brokenness, we also remember that we all receive the same body, which is him that we're now part of, that we become part of his body, his family. And so as we take this bread, we're not only receiving Jesus afresh, but by faith remembering. We're taking it together all part now of the same family. Let's take the bread. And having taken the bread, we then get to take the juice. And remember that Jesus' blood was shed for you and for me, which promises that he was enough. We are forever now loved and accepted by him. And not only that, that he is one that now sustains us until we see him face to face. Therefore, as we remember that we're family together, we get to remember 
we all know Jesus is enough, but we're all sustained as a family together by him. Let's drink remembering the wonderful gift that he is to you and to me and receive him afresh. I'm just going to pray for us. Jesus, I thank you for the beauty of the meal, the simplicity of the meal of bread and juice, and yet we take it, we feel it, we eat it, and we receive it. And as such, we eat and receive of you afresh, Jesus, that you are enough, that you speak wholeness into us, that we get to know that wherever we are placed, we're still part of your body together. We're still family. That you come and provide and speak over each and every one of us that we are forever loved and accepted. And that you will sustain us until we finally see you face to face. And so Jesus, we pray and praise you and thank you and say we offer all to you. Offer all for you and offer all for one another, for your glory. Amen.